Let's pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners. Now, Saint Joseph, Saint Peter, holy guardian angels, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Okay, so looks like we're going to need some more seats. Why don't we move some of these chairs around the back so we don't all, I mean, I don't know. We'll figure it out. There's, there are seats here in the front, um, but we'll, we'll figure it all out. Um, this is wonderful. This is the biggest turnout we've had for one of these yet. So uh, way, to, way to go, Divine Providence Parish. Um, yeah. All right. Um, so here are some thoughts. And like I said, I will give an initial overview and then, um, and then we'll take the questions and answers. So overall plan, as we talked about, this has been the, everything that was announced with regard to our parishes coming together and needing to, um, needing to you know, start on January 1st with just simply me being named the pastor of all of the parishes. Um, we, do have, we have extra chairs here in the front that if anyone wants, we can move to the back and everyone can have a chair. I, oh, however it goes. Um, all right, but we do, um, so what was announced a couple weeks ago, very important, um, is that, let's just refresh everyone's memories, we have four parishes, Divine Providence, um, Holy Apostles, St. Catherine Drexel, and St. Francis, um, which will come together, namely that I'm becoming the pastor of all of them, on January 1st. So as of right now, they will stay four separate parishes. And we'll talk a little bit about what that is going to mean and look like. Um, but then there is a goal that eventually they do all come together as one parish um, in a relatively short amount of time. Um, so this decision, this, this plan, this um, we have been talking about this for over a year among the priests of the archdiocese, about a year ago, um, a little over a year ago, uh, someone from the archdiocese came and talked to our deanery meeting, which is all of the priests, and they, um, they kind of proposed a plan that we need to do something, namely because Father Smith, who's the pastor at, Saint, um, at Holy Apostles, which is St. Andrews and St. John's, he's retiring at the end of 2021, so we need to start planning. So this was not just like a off-the-cuff thing. This has been a lot of discussion uh, going on for over a year. And another important preliminary point is that the plan, as it ended up being, this is not, and please don't consider this, an Archdiocese of Hartford decision, right? Um, we were given certain parameters Father Smith is retiring, we have to do something. But let me tell you, the plan that was presented last year is not what we're going to end up doing. And the way that it shaped out actually was a lot more in collaboration with the local pastors, saying, what if we did this or that, and what does that look like? And so the, the final decision that you all got in the mail, I think, this past week from the Archbishop, if you're a registered parishioner of the parish, you got a letter in the mail from the archbishop saying the thing. If not, we will um, we'll get that to you somehow. Just let me know after. But that um, this is not just Hartford imposing something on New Britain. 
Rather, this was Hartford saying we have to do something. We can't keep staffing these churches with the amount of priests that we have in the past and kind of putting the ball into our court to make some decisions. So um, that, that's how it shaped up. Now, again, the parameters. We have four parishes. We are going to have two full-time priests. We'll have two full-time priests, myself and an assistant, who will be named, hopefully, very soon, um, myself and an assistant. And then as well, we have uh, Monsignor Frank Matera, who's natively from New Britain. He grew up in St. Maurice Parish. He just retired um, from St. Mary's in Simsbury. He's offered to help us as much as he can, so we can hope for his help, but it'll be in a limited capacity because he's retired, you know, job well done. So he's going to help us, but it'll be as he's able to. Um, we're also going to have the staff, the, all the staffs of the parish, uh, of the individual parishes. We're going to have, we have three full-time um, student-type missionaries. They're called Focus Missionaries. They do work with students on Central Campus. They just graduated college themselves, and they do an awesome job. So they are, um, they're going to be helping us. We have our deacons. We'll have three deacons. The one, Deacon Jim Arena from St. Francis, and then Deacon J Joe and Deacon Al from here at Divine Providence, all working together. Um, but look, even when we are all combined, right? Even when we're all combined, all four parishes, all together, we will still be the smallest parish in New Britain, right? So this is um, just to really consider the numbers. Even when we are all combined, we will be the smallest parish still in New Britain. Um, if you consider that between the two of them, Holy Cross and Sacred Heart, which when Monsignor Plaharczyk retires in a year and a half, they're going to have to go through a similar thing. When they come together, they're going to have 4,000 registered families. St. Joachim, um, which is St. Mary's and St. Anne's, has on the books... 1,100 families, but their numbers are actually much, much larger because of the amount of unregistered families. Uh, and then we will have registered, kind of total, we're going to have 1,600 families. Um, so there's no doubt that when you, if everyone at St. Joe Kim and St. Mary's was, was registered, they would be double the size that they currently are. We're going to be the smallest in New Britain, even when we all come together. So... That is a kind of recap of the, of the preliminary stuff. Very practically, immediately, what do we need to do? We need to get down to, as we said in the, as we was announced, we need to get down to four churches by January 1st. We can't staff seven churches with two priests, um, especially not when you look at the mass schedule, right? Um, right now, the mass schedule between all, I'll just read it out, um, what we have for all four, seven churches, four parishes, there's a total of 905 people that go to Mass on the weekend on average, right? So here's the current schedule. St. Jerome has a 4 p.m. Joseph has a 4 p.m. John has a 4 p.m. all on Saturday. Francis has an 8. Peter has an 8.30. Andrew has a 9. Morris has a 9. Francis has a 10. Joseph has a 10. John has a 10.30. Jerome has an 11. That's 11 masses over seven churches every weekend. 
We're going to be down to two reliable priests and Monsignor helping us as he can. Um, now let's look at the numbers. Jerome's vigil gets 108. Joseph's vigil gets 63. John's vigil gets 56. Francis's 8 gets 68. Peter's 830 gets 85. Andrew's 9 gets 36. Morris's 9 gets 62. Francis's 10 gets 142. Joseph's 10 gets 120. John's 1030 gets 39. Jerome's 11 gets 126. Okay, so that's a total of 906 people on average um, who attend Mass on the weekend. We can't keep seven buildings open uh, and functioning and running around in that way. It's just not feasible. What we're projecting, uh, getting down to four regular use buildings and what was kind of the local decision is that it needs to be one from each parish, right? One building, one church building from each parish. So here are my thoughts and projections. And again, we're going to talk about all this if you have questions in the discussions. Uh, St. Francis is the only building with that parish. So St. Francis is coming into the mix. Saint, um, between St. Morris and St. Jerome, we're going with St. Jerome because Jerome is the biggest. It can fit 750 people. It's also entirely um, handicapped wheelchair accessible, right? There are no steps to get in and out of Jerome, either the church or the hall. Also, the hall could open up on the side. You could fit 1,000 people in Jerome uh, if you really opened up everything you have. Uh, and think about that. You could fit 1,000 people in one sitting if we're all you know, tight in there. And we get 900 people total over a weekend over 11 masses, right? We could all fit at one mass at one time in one building. Um, we're not going to do that, but it is just something to consider. So we're going, and Jerome's is most likely the church from that parish. Between St. John's and St. Andrew's with Holy Apostles Parish, um, we're most likely going with St. John's. If you just take the numbers of people attending mass, also John's is... Um, it's got the, better, the bigger parking. It's what Father Smith, the current pastor, recommended. And um, yeah, so we're most likely going with John's. Not most likely. It's they, that's pretty much decided on their part. Um, everything will happen and be finalized at the meeting tomorrow. All right. After um, 10 minutes of projecting my voice all the way to the back, I'm already feeling it go. So I'll keep doing the best I can. Um, let's see what happens. All right, so the important question then for us here today is St. Joseph or St. Peter Church, which one comes into the mix? It can only be one of them. And let me be 100% honest. This question mark has been the biggest question mark of the entire thing, right? All the other ones are relatively easy. Francis, because it's all alone. Jerome, because it's the biggest and handicap accessible, and Morris is not. Um, John over Andrew, because that is what they um, requested, and that makes the most sense as well. Joseph and Peter is a tough decision. Um, pros and cons. Joseph is bigger, um, has more parking, has a bigger facility with more potential um, to do things, um, but it, it will need significantly more maintenance, right? Joseph needs a, a significant amount of maintenance work 
uh, and that there needs to be that work done. So Joseph is that. Whereas Peter, Peter is um, smaller, less parking, um, but is in, in marvelous condition, right? St. Peter's church is in marvelous condition. I'll be very honest, because again, I, I'm not smart enough to lie or to deceive or anything like that. And I may not have a voice to do it in another 10 minutes, um, but I really think, um, I think we need to bring St. Joseph into the mix. That, that is my preference. Um, that's my, that'd be my recommendation. Why? And we got to consider this. A couple points. Number one, most importantly, uh, not most importantly, but one of the big ones is the handicap accessibility. St. Peter's has the chair rail, but it is not wheelchair accessible, right? So you, you can't get into St. Peter's with a wheelchair, and we have to be really considerate of that. Second is the amount of parking. We're going to have more, less masses with more people, and so parking is a very significant issue. Third is just the church size, right? When you look at the, having less masses with more people, we need churches that can fit more people. Right? Uh, and so what it would be if we had Peter is we'd have to probably do more masses, which again is kind of not, the, we don't need more masses. We need less masses with more people kind of being concentrated together. So that is, um, those are some of the reasons why I really believe that it has, it should be Joseph, which goes into the mix uh, instead of St. Peter's. Again, this is the hardest question of all the churches We've had to decide. But let me be very honest as well in what I see happening in the future. Um, getting down to four churches is the beginning. It's not the end, right? We really need to be down to the parish using two churches to be in any way feasible. And then two or three other properties being used, hopefully for Catholic purposes. Um, but, you know, we have to get to that. We're also very honestly, going to need to look at selling property, right? That's something that we're going to have to do. Uh, we are anticipating, as of right now, we're anticipating it will cost us over $10,000, especially with the rising cost of salt, every time it snows. Every single time it snows, $10,000 gone from our parishes just to remove the snow on all of our properties, right? So we're going to have to move... I really believe if, if we keep Joseph, then there's a potential that either it could, it could be used in some of the ways to meet the growing needs of a community, um, and if there were to be an offer to buy, so Francis, Jerome, and Joseph, um, it actually goes Jerome, Francis, Joseph for capacity. If there were an offer, but they're all relatively close, Jerome is far and away the biggest. If there were an offer to buy one of the three big properties, we could still use the other two for the needs of our community, right? So if we keep right now our bigger churches, then if Stanley Black & Decker says, we want to buy Jerome, we're expanding, we still have two decent-sized churches to meet the needs of our community. If CCSU says, we want to buy St. Francis, here's a lot of million dollars for it, then we can use Jerome and Joe. We have two good-sized churches we can use. So that is uh, one of the reasons why I really believe Joseph needs to be the one going in the mix. Again, please feel free during the question and answer, 
bring up other points, questions, whatever. Um, we're definitely open discussion. We're going to come to the questions as we, when we get to that portion of this thing. Um, but we do, I, we're going to be available for all questions, and please do bring that up, bring those up. All right. Once we get down to four churches on January 1st, we need a mass schedule that is doable by two priests. You always got a plan, even if we have Monsignor helping us. We need a mass schedule that two priests can cover because if someone gets sick, uh, you need to be sure we have adequate coverage. So my projection is that we're going to have one vigil, right? And that one vigil will most likely be at St. Jerome's, the biggest church with the lit parking lot, no steps. So the one vigil at St. Jerome's at 4 p.m. And then four Sunday masses, one in each church, right? So that'll be one vigil, four Sunday masses. We, uh, at the end, after the questions and answers, will offer an opportunity for, um, I'll, I'll read you the different ideas, and I would love your opinions on it, right? On the, the, actually, the mass schedule has changed with every single of these sessions. It's like, oh, didn't think about that. Oh, didn't think about that. Oh, that's a good idea. So the concluding, the third part of our discussion today will be to talk about any ideas and thoughts. I'll read you the different ideas for the math schedule, and um, we will do that. Good. Uh, confessions. Confessions, we're going to try to offer 30 minutes before the two weekday masses. We're going to try to have two daily masses, one in the morning and one in the evening. Um, I would think that the morning mass will most likely be at St. Jerome's because that's also where the offices are going to be. They're the building that's most equipped for offices with most modern kind of setup there. Again, all handicap accessible. And then the evening mass at St. Francis, which will get the pedestrian students from Central. We have to have a mass walking distance because there are a number of students that come over in the evening. So morning mass at Jerome, evening mass at Francis. Um, so at confessions, 30 minutes before each daily mass, each weekday mass, and then as well on standard Saturday. Up until this week, I was hoping to do confessions on Sunday, but that's not going to work out with the timing of the masses. I don't think we could do that right now. Good. Probable future. We're going to, in probably late February, we're going to appoint a, a long-term transition team made up from people of each parish to kind of be a longer-term decision group. Um, we're going to wait until then. We have this little committee that's meeting tomorrow, and that's just two representatives from each parish. But we're going to wait and form the longer-term committee. We're going to wait till the dust settles, right? Because there's a reality that some people, particularly with different church buildings and different mass times, aren't going to want to stick around, right? And that's okay. I remember when we first announced this, one of the girls from the university said, Father, it's okay. Anyone that doesn't like it is going to go to St. Paul's anyway. So that's right up the road, right? And there's a reality that there are other churches and parishes, and this happened in my own family. My parents live, they moved out of Waterbury, where we grew up, but they still went to church in Waterbury, as long as our home pastor was there. And then when he retired, they said, we're not gonna go there anymore. We're gonna go find our son, the priest, and go to mass there. So now they drive from the Waterbury area to um, New Britain. But 
Um, there's going to be people that want to say, I, I like my building, I like my priest, and now I'm going to go somewhere else. And that is totally okay. And that's why we're going to wait to form the team because we want to see anyone that doesn't want to stay, we don't want them stuck on a committee making decisions that maybe they're not long-term invested in the new undertaking. Um, great. That, that team will meet monthly. Um, and that'll kind of, we'll go over some longer-term things. Any mass, uh, one of the things we're going to discuss, any mass that has less than 75 people four weeks in a row, we're going to evaluate if we keep it, right? That's how we're, we're just going to say, does this work? Does it not work? Probably the mass schedule on January 1st will not be the mass schedule January 1st, 2023, right? We're going to be making adjustments, maybe not even by July 1st. Um, we got to... We're going to adjust it as it goes, and we're all going to need to be flexible with that. We are going to have to look to sell some buildings and properties. We just can't afford. We will, we will drain all of the resources of all of our parishes if we just try to maintain and mothball our buildings. And that's not going to do anyone any good. So we are going to begin having to look to sell some of the closing properties. The churches can still be used until like the day they're sold. So even the churches we don't regularly have mass at, we will still have um, weddings and funerals and baptisms until, until a church is sold, it stays an active Catholic church, right? So that is something that we will continue to have. Um, good. Great. So that's the immediate probable future. Possibilities. I really think more masses at different times offers great opportunities for evangelization and outreach and particularly like having a daily mass in the evening, probably 5.30, lets people go to mass on their way home from work if they can't get to one in the beginning of the day. Right now, Father Keogh, Father Granado, and myself all say mass in the morning at 8 a.m., seven minutes drive from each other, right? It's crazy to not be working together in these things. And that is well, having the extra priest assigned to the parish, there's going to be more of an opportunity for uh, exponential growth. We're working together. We're working smarter, not harder. Um, hopefully at our masses, we'll see more life, more attendance. It's nice to go to mass where it's harder to find a seat and there's a people and there's life and there's children. I love it, right? This is what we need. We still, between us, have an almost negligible, like a very small religious education program. We're going to need to build that back up. And that's something together we can do it. Our Knights of Columbus councils working together can do a lot of good work when they come together. And now everyone working together and not just each group kind of pretending the other doesn't exist 10 minutes away from each other. So we're going to work together in that. But there are going to be real difficulties. The first one is we're very attached to our buildings. And that's true. We are very attached. We love our church buildings, right? Um, and we've put effort into them. We put time. We put our financial well-being. We've done it all. Investing in our church buildings. We're attached to them. And that's, that's real, right? That's a real thing. Um, so that will be a real difficulty as we need to begin downsizing the number of churches we use. Also, again, relative parish size will be still the smallest parish in New Britain um, even after we come together. And then finances. There's going to be a lot of difficult trying to work everything out. Um, it's still going to be a big, a big bill to try to maintain everything in the short term. Uh, and so we're going, to, we're going to have to figure that out. 
We do want to become one parish, like actually be merged corporations, hopefully by July 1st, right? Until then, what it means to stay four separate parishes is we have collections of four different churches that all need to be counted separately and deposited into their separate banks because we all use different banks. And it means that our staff all work for different corporations. And so that just gets to be a mess. Uh, even though starting January, hopefully January 3rd, we're going to be moving all of our staff into the same building so we could have one phone number, one address. You know who to call and where to call when you need something to book mass intentions, to schedule funerals, to do all that. They'll still be working for four different businesses until we come together. It also means totally legally churches that have more money cannot help the parishes that have less even in together, right? So if there's a need, a financial need in one church until we're one parish, we can't help each other, right? Um, I legally, even though I'll be the signer on all four accounts, I can't take money from one business and pay for something at another bit. That'd be illegal, right? So we can't help each other actually until we come together. And so hopefully we can do that by July 1st. Great. So those were my opening comments. I'm going to stop this recording. I'm going to sit down and uh, then we can begin questions. If you can, if you could identify, if you could just say your name before your question, it'd be great to, I'm, it's going to take me forever to get to know names, but, and maybe if somebody can do the calling on or however it works. Um, good. Stopping recording number one.